Hey everybody, welcome to the Weekender edition of the Muckrake Podcast. I'm Jerry D.H. Sexton, I'm opening a beer and I want to tell everybody most of the time, this is performative, it's a bit, it's a way to open the thing, welcome in the weekend. Today, January 6th, the one year anniversary of the attempted coup, it is necessary. I, uh, I've been pissed off by the whole thing all day. How are you, Nick? I, you know, I'm, I've been pretty good, uh, you know, reflecting about what, where I was a year ago now. But, um, you know, I keep myself busy. What, what's the thing? Idle hands, something other about the devil. I don't know. But that's how I am today. Yeah, you know, it's actually funny you say that where we were a year ago. I remember us doing like the emergency podcast to talk about this thing. We, of course, had our, our, our patrons to come and, and, and sort of share in the moment of that uh, reminder for anybody listening to the preview go over to patreon.com slash podcast you can be involved in that stuff too i just remember you know and we'll get we'll get into the anniversary stuff today but i just remember being not just pissed off but just being like here it is most of us who paid attention to this knew that this was coming that this was this was a possibility and in a way that's a little bit how I feel again today because America continues not to learn its lessons. It continues not to look at itself in the mirror, think about things, put things into context. And as a result, we're almost damned to repeat it again unless we can figure this shit out. Oh, I, I think the I think I was I was afraid. I remember being literally scared on that day, and then you know also a- anticipating a lot more violence that would spread across different you know um, local uh, capitals and whatnot. And that luckily didn't happen. But I know we talked about it probably on that show where it, it seemed perfectly reasonable to think that they were going to then plan more of these, which is still reasonable to assume that they're going to do that, which is what's so frightening about it. But. Um, I don't know. I think we there was some encouragement right around that time that the Republicans were going to finally call it like it is, and we had some you know blips of that. But man, oh man, gracious sakes, alive, Jared! Had you been looking at what the uh, Republicans have been saying today? I you know I I had a moment, um, and we'll get to Joe Biden's speech in a second because uh, there there are some real problems there. Uh, I, I, I stopped looking at what the Republicans were saying. One, when Lindsey Graham had uh, the temerity to say that Joe Biden was politicizing January 6th, which, incredible. That's incredible. That's like really, really incredible stuff. And then, of course, when it started going around that multiple Republican parties around the country are holding anniversary parties, fundraisers, uh, they're calling it a protest, you you name it. So I kind of, for my own sort of mental health and well-being, I had to tune it out. What 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 are what are the good people of the Republican Party saying today? Well, I'm glad that you brought up Lindsey Graham, your friend and mine, um, who we've talked about on the show before. But he he yeah he laid out a a pretty interesting thread. Oh, um, Lindsey Graham wrote a thread today. Oh, I can't wait. This yeah. is great. I mean, would you like me to read it? It wouldn't take that long. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here. I'm gonna drink my beer. I'm just gonna enjoy this. This okay. is great. This is my my Rachel Maddow impersonation. I get to read the transcript of, uh, of Lindsey Graham's tweets. I still cannot believe a mob was able to take over the United States Capitol during such a pivotal moment, certifying a presidential election. It would have been so easy 
for terrorists to bootstrap onto this protest Shut and wreak up. even further destruction on the U.S. Capitol. Shut up. That's so, what he said. Yeah. How about a, how's that for like a pivot here, right? Like we, we, we're, we're thinking, okay, he's he's got it. He understands it. He's criticized Trump before. It's just great. <laughs> but this really kind of feels like a slam on just on the security of the whole thing, right? Oh, my God. Now, That's, so so basically what, what happened is that Lindsey Graham took an attack on American democracy and somehow or another took a very real, tangible thing that he was a part of and turned it into a pretend tragedy? Well, he, he sort of turned it into a thing like, gosh, it would have been worse if terrorists That's had decided incredible. to come in. Now, if, if he's worried about terrorists bootstrapping onto what was there... Then what is what do we consider the people that were there? <laughs> because aren't those the people who are basically terrorists? Well, and and I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the things that I've been paying attention to, uh, which undoubtedly you and I are going to talk about in the near future, is um, I've been unfortunately paying attention to what's going on with Steve Bannon, one of the people who helped organize this thing, push this thing, and lately he's been having Marjorie Taylor Greene on his show. They've been talking, and and for the record, by the way, she cannot keep up with people. Like, say what you want about Steve Bannon. The guy is smart. Marjorie Taylor Greene can't keep up. And in fact, it's it's obvious that Bannon understands that and just kind of sees her as a celebrity and maybe a possible pawn to use on the chessboard. And they were getting into the their two favorite targets at this point. One is Ted Cruz, who has now said that the January 6th insurrectionists were terrorists. And and also Dan Crenshaw, which goes back to what you and I were talking about a little while back, which is this weird split that's happening between the Marjorie Taylor Greene Patriot Caucus and this militant uh, uh, conservatism part of, of the of the Republican Party. But, yeah, that that's that's really interesting to go ahead and just start laying the groundwork in terms of what is terrorism and what isn't. That's great. It gets better or worse. I'm not sure, <laughs> depending on your point of view. The next tweet is, regardless of the reason for the assault on the Capitol. Stop it. No, time out. Stop it. That is not something that Lindsey Graham typed out. That's not true. Really? It kind of feels like his, his Can you read one. that one more time and just let it breathe? Yeah, it's a really great, what's it called? You're the English professor. Um, uh, the beginning phrase of a sentence. What's it? A, a gerund? No, preposition. Preposition, whatever that. Prepositional phrase. He goes, regardless of the reason for the assault on the Capitol. <laughs> we're all trying to figure out who did this. Yeah, right. Really. That's, that we're all, the, we don't even need to get into that. The reasons, Why are we parsing hairs here? Jared, yeah. it's immaterial. <laughs> it's moot. Uh, to lose control in such a fashion 20 years after 9-11 is stunning. Now, this is some, he's doing some lifting here, man. Like he's got, he's been training for this for years to be able to balance all of these. He's now folded in terrorists and 9-11 into this and like he's outraged that we could have an assault because supposedly the 9-11 attacks on the, in the, on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon should have, <laughs> meant we would have had a more security, right? This is all I'm getting from this. He's, he is out jousting with windmills at this point. That's incredible. <laughs> that, that, and, and, you know, the thing about it, I was doing research on this for the, the book today, like the immediate aftermath of January 6th. And I don't know if you remember this, but like 
as Ted Cruz and Howley and those people were like contesting the electoral results, Lindsey Graham stood up after the attempted coup and said, I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Me and Donald Trump have been on a journey together. I feel terrible that this is how this ends, but enough is enough. Look at this little worm. Oh, yeah. Look at this shit. McConnell also was uh, part of that uh, and and laid it out. But uh, okay, there's more. It's amazing what a little bit of courage and adrenaline can do for, you know, a moment. But apparently it takes a year for that to, to, to go off. That's well, the, you know, the A-B testing came in and they realized they needed to choose B. Now, uh, the next tweet is, those who defiled the Capitol on January 6th are being prosecuted as they should be. I have consistently condemned the attack and have urged that those involved be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Okay. Do you know what this is like? Remember in Animal House when John Belushi, they're on their way to kill the, well, they're going to kill the horse, but they're bringing the horse into the dean's office. Remember this scene? And he's bouncing on his toes and he's looking around like he's on, he's like on a mission. This is what I picture Lindsey Graham. Like he's he's jumping back and forth. He's looking around, he's ducking around corners, making sure no one sees him. You know what's amazing about this? He doesn't have to tweet this. Right. No one's asking him to do this. No one is making him do this. You can just, and this is a great piece of advice. You can just not tweet this. You could just not do it. That's a decision you can make. Yeah, uh, for a lot of things for him. Now, um, I hold the same views of those who attacked the federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon, and committed other acts of violence throughout our nation. So, you know, we got to fold in BLM in here, right? Oh, we got to make sure we talk about, uh, you know, what's happening there. This is, it's it's a masterclass, really, in in uh, in whataboutism, I suppose. Uh, oh, the, it gets, it, it's more, I'll get through it quickly. Those responsible for capital security, including our political leaders, must also be held accountable. We still do not know who planted pipe bombs on Capitol Hill on the night of January 5th. We still do not know why our Capitol was not adequately defended before President Trump spoke. We know this. We know the second part, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We know that. We, we, it's funny he mentioned the name of the guy who's responsible, Donald Trump. Yeah. He's the only one. McConnell wouldn't mention him. Biden doesn't mention his name. But... Um, we know the reporting, and it's not been, you know, disputed, is that they didn't want to bring the National Guard in because they were afraid that Trump was going to take it over and then literally stop the, the certification of the votes, right? That that's, that's well, because like, they literally they literally wanted to create a crisis in which these right wing insurrectionists, these Trump supporters and extremists, by the way, we're talking about accelerationists who are looking to destroy the country as we know it that they would come into a clash with left-wing protesters that they assumed would show up. They wanted that altercation. They set it up in order for that to happen. There's a reason why there was not a security presence there, because they wanted to create a condition in which either that conflict could happen or people could intimidate lawmakers like Mike Pence and everybody there to certify the electoral vote. Like, this isn't, it's not even a Scooby-Doo mystery. Well, at this hey, point. hey, hey, Lindsay wants to get to the bottom of that, Jared. He but really... you know what I mean? You know, like when you're little and you watch Scooby-Doo, like there's a little bit of mystery about what's happening. But like when you're an adult, you're like, oh, it's obviously <laughs> the guy who runs like the haunted amusement park. Like yeah. that's obviously the guy who did it. This this is not even something that like 
like Scrappy Doo would have a problem with. Like this is <laughs> it, it's it's just it's it's a pathetic an attempt by people like Lindsey Graham to continue pretending like this thing isn't understandable or isn't obvious what happened. Well, I just want to thank you because the the, the words Scrappy Doo have not entered my brain in so long it's like i haven't even you know considered there's another one of them too right isn't there another dog there's Scooby ah. and scrappy and there's a young pup anyway we'll go on to the next one uh we owe a great debt of gratitude and appreciation appreciation to the capitol police officers who bravely risked their lives to protect the capitol they were placed in a terrible position without adequate adequate reinforcements but did their best to protect an overwhelmed capitol now remember the context of this one is that uh, a family member of one of the, uh, the, the the police officers who was in a um, you know earlier this year they were in a uh, Senate committee hearing about what happened. Uh, he, Lindsey Graham was not listening. He seemed bored. He seemed impatient and not interested in hearing the testimony of these people. Uh, so he had to get into there, right? He had to make sure that people knew that he was you know owed a debt of gratitude to the the Capitol Police. Well, I want to make this very very clear about Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is absolutely divorced from what is happening within the current Republican Party. He's completely divorced from what is happening within the conservative movement, this anti-democratic movement, this authoritarian movement. He plays a role occasionally because he's in power, because he pals around with Donald Trump, who also, I don't actually think he understands what's going on right now. It just so happens that he was at the front of this. He was a very good strong man, you know, a bull in the China shop who could take care of this stuff. Everything that Lindsey Graham is saying at this point is literally a person who was complicit and is trying to make himself feel better. Like what an amount of delusion that you just went through. He literally in his addled brain, Nick, is still trying to fight the war on terror, which last time I checked is is technically over. It's still going on apparently and around the world with drones and also Lindsey's head. That is so nonsensical, but also a perfect encapsulation of what like a modern mainstream Republican probably is trying to do within their own mind palace within this whole thing. <laughs> you know, we should start a new podcast where I just kind of read Twitter threads and oh. then you just respond. <laughs> I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it. I feel like I feel like my stomach my stomach would just destroy itself with ulcers. I couldn't I could not possibly live in that universe. By the same token, I want to point out, today was one of those days and again, we are taping this on January 6th. All day long, man, I paid attention to this stuff. I watched the ceremonies. It, 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 I don't know if you, did you turn on cable news? Did you turn on any of that? I did not. Nick, they had special sets. They had special graphics. It was a big day. It's almost, and this is what America does for anybody who, who thinks about this. They turn it into a Super Bowl type situation. Yeah. That and nine eleven is the exact same thing. You know I, what I mean? I'm like, waiting for the yeah. We need a January sixth board game to come out. Yeah, exactly. So it's already being commodified. It's already being turned into this thing. Meanwhile, and and again, we gotta get into the Biden speech here in a second. But before we do, Nick, Pelosi's having Lin Manuel Miranda and 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 the people from Hamilton sing a song like that. We're already there. It's all. Like there's going to be mattress sales <laughs> within a year or two. There's going to be January 6th sales on Wayfair. I mean, it, it 
already the way that this country has digested this shit and and exported it out and already stripped everything of meaning and reality and everything that we need to learn from it like the way that this country wrestles with this stuff i actually think that lindsey graham thread is really indicative of how we deal with this stuff we turn it into a story we send it wherever we want and we go ahead and we make ourselves the heroes of it we we pontificate about it and the cognitive dissonance that takes place and not just that thread but the way america deals with this stuff i mean it it's torturous well with respects to lin-manuel miranda singing with the hamilton cast i mean our country has a rich history of 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 singing during insurrections, don't we? Like, I feel oh like my God. <laughs> we gotta have that broadcast. Uh, interestingly enough, because it was a great segue. You know, Lindsay's next tweet was about you know the speech. He says, "President, finally, finally, President Biden and Vice President Harris's speeches today were an effort to resurrect a failed presidency more than marking the anniversary of a dark day in American history." So that's a nice kickoff to how you want to talk about what what Biden said. Uh, I'm not sure he could win in this situation, right? Like, other than just simply not have a big pomp and circumstance around this day. Well, okay. So I think it's, I think what you just said needs to be highlighted for a second. Win, right? Because so much of our politics has turned into who wins a cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, we, we talk about this, so let's get into it for just a second. If you've been paying attention to the Biden presidency so far, notice what's happened, right? He, he comes in and he's heralded as a new beginning, right? Right after January 6th, we turn the page. I know things were bad for a second, but the bad man is gone. The adults are pack, back. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. John Legend out on the mall. All, you know what I'm talking about? Like the big show that we're talking about. So he gets in and like he gets a, a couple of victories. There's a couple of things that happen. Everyone's like, oh my God, we're back to normal. Everything's great. Then of course we hit a brick wall uh, in, in, in the form of neoliberals in, in the Senate and neoliberals in the Democratic Party. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, this presidency has failed. There's nothing that could possibly happen. Then all of a sudden, oh, we passed something. Oh, we didn't pass something. It's the up and down of the media narrative. It's about winning cycles almost, right? In this case, the speech that Joe Biden gave today to mark January 6th, it was not a speech about January 6th, although it was, right? It was a political speech about January 6th. It was a campaign speech about January 6th. Why? Because President Joe Biden is probably going to run against Donald Trump for the presidency in 2024. Right. Mm -hmm. This is part of a larger narrative to go ahead. And who caused January 6th? Well, we're being told today it's Donald Trump. And though Donald Trump played a major part in this whole thing, that's not the whole story of what happened on January 6th. That's not how we got there. That's not all everyone who's responsible. That speech. Can I read you a quick little line here, Nick? Please. I I, I, I want to hear your line. This is a speech from Biden's speech. Of course, he he refers to the former president, which, by the way, is a social media tick. You know what I'm talking about? That's what people do on social media. They don't want to type Donald Trump. So they say former guy or former president. They don't want to type it. That right there is a signal to people. It's like, I get you. We're on the same wavelength with his bruised ego. Yes, that did play into January 6th, but that's not everything that happened. He then says about the Republican Party, they quote unquote, seem to no longer want to be the party of... Are you ready, Nick? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. 
They, they seem no longer to want to be the party of Lincoln, Eisenhower. Are you holding on to your seat? Because uh-huh. it's about well, to get bumpy. Your friend and mine. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. And let's finish it out. The Bushes. Yeah. He says, the Bushes. So for everyone who wants to keep track, Ronald Reagan, of course, has caused ungodly amounts of human suffering, plus also radicalization within this country. George H.W. Bush handed us over to a neoliberal regime that Reagan basically fronted. And and, and George W. Bush is responsible for the death of probably 500,000 human beings, the war on terror, which is one of the main things that led us to here. Meanwhile, the Democrats are patting Liz Cheney and Dick Cheney's back and saying, welcome to the party, let's go. It is a complete amnesiac story that doesn't even touch on how things got to this point at all. It's a political campaign story, but it has nothing to do with the actual reality of what is occurring on the ground. And you've been listening to a free preview of our Patreon-exclusive Weekender show. If you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week, not to mention exclusive content, uh, live hangouts, question and answer sessions, we're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash podcast. On top of that, you get to hang out with the Muckrake community, which are a really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.